Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to Missing. I am Tim here today with Lance. Lance, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic today. Thanks so much for asking. I hope everybody out there is enjoying the very first day of 2024. Tim, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks a lot for asking. Yes, happy to turn that page and be here in 2024. And Lance, this episode is part two of our conversation with Dornette Mullings, whose twin brother, Calvin Berry, mysteriously went missing from his home on March 10th, 2021. And unfortunately, his body was found a few days later behind his house in a canal. And we want to let you know that, again, this is part two. So make sure to check out part one. It aired the episode previous to this. And it's really impressive how much information and how much work Dornette has done as she's uncovered multiple elements of her brother's case, of her brother's death, that suggest that perhaps this isn't an accident. And I think law enforcement even is coming around to that, having reopened the investigation as well. But if you haven't listened to part one, we do encourage that you go back, listen to that, and get the full story so you can continue here. All right, make sure to check out Justice4, and that's the number four, calvin.com for more information. And we're going to break quick for commercial here, and we'll be right back with part two of our conversation with Dornette. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. So there has to be an account of his behavior leading up to him just leaving the house. And we've read the information, but can you tell us, according to his wife, what happened that night that he left? 
Well, she said, and I'm only going by the 911 call and the police report, including an interview that the police did, the detective did with her a month later, a whole month later. She said she went to bed and then she woke up and she saw him in the passage leading towards the kitchen. And she said to him, where are you going? It's conflicting because at one point she said he said he was going in the kitchen to take his medication. And another time she said he said he was going into the garage. There's another time she said he was going outside to pick up the garbage bin. And I've heard that he heard a noise outside and went outside to check what the noise was and never came back. There are so many different um, conflicting stories. I have no idea what's the correct, what happened. But she said he left and he left without shoes. He left his phone inside the bedroom and his keys are at home and he, he never came back. Of course, when his body was found, because for the three days that we're searching, everybody's searching, all the searchers are searching for this mentally deranged, barefooted person. When he was found, he had shoes on. And not only did he have shoes on, he had shoes, it's a, um, sketchers that had laced and the lace was not tied they were untied and they were both still on his feet if you drown going into the canal first of all the canal is very it's 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 mud your shoe your shoes would get stuck in the mud and it would come off your feet it was the boat shoe was still on his feet how big is was the canal i have a survey of the canal and i want to say it is about 30 feet, not maybe 40 feet across wide. It's a very long canal, but it was about 40 feet wide. And it's, it's only four and a half feet deep at the deepest point in the middle, four and a half feet deep. So he literally could walk through the canal on the other side. Now, if you slip and fall at the banks of the canal, you could literally sleep there and the next morning just get up and walk out because it's not deep gradually down to four and a half feet in the middle. The canal is running north to south. The current is running north to south. How does your body slip and fall in the canal end up on the um, going west to east when the current is going north to south? The science does not work that way. Was it a particularly strong current? It was not. It was not very strong. At least at the time when I got the survey done, which would have been hmm, maybe six months later, it was not a strong current. It's slow. It seems likely that whomever put his body there, it, this is deliberate. And someone put his body there. Whomever put his body there, they, they, um, there's a bridge uh, a little north of where his body was found and it seemed like someone literally went and just put his body over the bridge on his back in the canal and he just drifted down until the searchers saw his body when they because they're right at his house and they saw his body because other neighbors said they saw the image on the water and they just thought it was a piece of log drifting downstream that was information from other searchers that was from the neighbor, from a neighbor. Okay. Can you take us through what they did for the search and how 
His body was missed? Well, they did bring out two canines, and the canine did not go to the, the back of the house towards the canal. And I don't know if the canine did anything in the front because I don't see that in the police report, but I have heard from his wife that the canine tracked his scent in the front of the house towards the intersection. But I have not seen that in the police report, so I don't know how accurate that is. Um, The drone, they had two drone flights, and they said they terminated both because of very light rain, but they were, um, they were, no, 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 nothing was found. And so the detective said the reason why she did not call in a diver was because she did not want to risk a diver's life in the canal because there was no evidence that he was in the, in or near the canal. So with that, she did not see, she did not think she should bring in a diver. And that's why she didn't, she said she did not bring in a diver. Okay. What, what's the risk then if, if there's a professional diver in a four and a half foot deep canal? That's exactly what I would like to know. It, it makes, it makes no sense. I don't understand. And this detective has done really very questionable things. I am quite surprised. I've never understood that law enforcement would be so outrageous in their bias and doing their job, regardless of who it is, whether it's a high-profile person or a little Joe on the street. I cannot understand to this day. I am really trying to understand the rationale behind what this detective has done. I do not understand it. It makes no sense. And I will share with you some of the audio with this detective. Which, it, it just blows my mind. Was there ever a search of his wife's house in any immediate time frame? Nothing in the police report showed that they did a thorough search when they went to the house. There's nothing in the report showed that they did that. They took her word. They took everything she said. I don't understand it, honestly. I really don't. And a couple of the stories you said were conflicting was that she said she had woken up and he wasn't in bed and then he was in the kitchen taking his medication. No, she said she saw him in the passage and she asked him where he's going. I mean, he's in his house. So if he's in the passage, maybe, maybe because it's midnight, um, I don't know. I mean, he's in, he's in his own house. So if he wants to be in the passage, I don't see what's, what's the issue. But she said she asked him, where are you going? And he said he's going. She told me he's going in to get his medication. She told others he's going to the garage. And she told others he was the, 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 in the police report, it was, it was garbage day. He was going to pick up the garbage bin. I have no idea. Yeah, the information that we had read was that he had something to do in the garage. And I was just thinking about my living situation here. And if I ever said that to my significant other at that time, like I have something to do in the garage, her first reaction would have been like, what do you have to do in the garage? At that time. Um, So I'm just wondering, like, did he have like a little workshop or was there something in the garage that would bring him in there? No, nothing. No. It's a narrative that was created 
that was plotted. And unfortunately, the police department did not delve into it more, did not see that something was off. I mean, all the searchers that were involved saw red flags. All the searchers like red flags, something is off, something is not right, something is not right. To the point where they were even doing crime stopper tips and the police did nothing about it. They were not interested. Yeah, I'm confused how how there was there was a search and and there were dogs who apparently got his track at one point, but you said tracked him to the intersection, I guess, in the street, and, yes, and they didn't the go front. behind the house. Nothing behind the house, absolutely nothing. And there was no track. There's no indentation. There was nothing. There was no disturbance in the grass. There was nothing to indicate him going to the canal, to the area of the canal. Nothing. What about this white SUV with uh, with no lights on? Can you tell us about that? The, the white SUV was caught on the neighbor's surveillance camera. And the other thing about this is that in when it was daylight and the neighbor got up and saw all the police activities, it's the direct neighbor. He went over to inquire, or they went over to inquire, I'm not sure if it's the wife or the husband to inquire what was happening. And they were told that Calvin was missing by the wife. So they went back to their house and they looked at their camera and they saw the image of this white SUV that stopped at his house with no lights on and then quickly sped off. The neighbor went back over and told the police, we have some footage. She was not interested. She never went to look. The neighbor then called the station and left her a message. I have camera footage that you could take a look at, please. She never responded. She never went. It got to the point where the neighbor's camera, it's not a ring camera. It's one of those cameras that you uh, purchase from um, uh, Sam's Club. And it overrides, I think, in 10 days. So the neighbor wanting to get the attention of the police department copied it on a USB drive and literally took it into the police station with a note that said, this is in reference to Calvin Berry's house and left it at the front desk at the reception area at the police station. And this is how the the detective has never went to talk with this neighbor. We later found out that the younger daughter owns a white SUV that we were not aware of because she's married. So she and her husband owns a white SUV that we were not aware of. So I don't know if it's involved, but at least it should be looked into. How much is on the video? Is is there a license plate on the video or can you tell the make and model? It's very grainy. I got a copy of it and it's very grainy. It needs some more high-tech FBI type technical... um, analysis so the license plate isn't readily isn't easy to read on there it's for me it was not no it was not uh, how did you uh, get access to the video i requested it through um, public records oh okay and you were able to get it because the the case was closed because it was closed at the time yes now it's reopened so i don't think you can get anything now but i was able to obtain just about all the records before it got reopened. And I must tell you, it was reopened because after 
the first, uh, the, the medical examiner ruled and everything. I said, no, 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 no. Something is not right. Something is strange. And I had no problems with his wife and daughters, really. Um, we had a reasonably okay relationship. She's not someone that I would call and said, let's go have dinner. But I can call her if I needed to, or she called me if she needed to, not frequently. But she completely cut, cut off everybody. She cut us off completely. She's not answering our questions. She just completely cut us off. So I made an appointment and I went and met with the chief of police. And there were two things that was really troubling me. Um, one was the, 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 the Benadryl. And two, there was a call that came in on my brother's phone that before his body was found on the, his body was found on the Saturday. So on the Friday evening, I was there, my husband and I were there and some other friends and family. And she literally held his phone and showed us about six calls on his phone. And it said it, it was from a private number. And she said to us, it could be a kidnapping. Look, these calls came in and it could be a kidnapping. But what I noticed was the last call, the, the other five calls were not answered, but the last one was answered. And what was unique about it, it was that it was answered at 2.54 a.m. Now, she said he was missing at midnight or 12.30, thereabouts. She called 911 at 1.30. 911 was at her house with three or four police officers by 1.40. This call came in at 2.54 there were three or four police officers at the house with her at the time. The daughters were not there. It was just her and those officers. And the call came in at 2.54 a.m. And it was answered. It showed that it was answered. She was on the phone for 54 seconds. So I said to her, this call was answered. Who answered the call? She told me she did. So I said, well, who was on the other line? She said, nobody. They never answered. She did, she did not know because they never answered. I said, okay. But it struck me as odd. Because this is a critical time of a missing person search. You're still searching, diligently searching within a couple hours. And on his phone, a call came in. The police should know about that call. They should be tracing that call. And when I spoke to the police department, they said they knew nothing of it. How could you not know of it? They took my brother's phone and they did a forensic download of his phone. It was there, but they said they did not know about it. So I, when I met with the chief, I said, chief, the phone company knows who made this call. It, the display shows private, but the phone company knows who made this call. So could you please look into it? You have to subpoena the records. He said he would. In addition, I said, the Benadryl, because I had gone a little bit further and I called Johnson & Johnson, who was the maker of Benadryl, poison control line. And I said, with this level of Benadryl, what would a person do? And they said to me that that level of Benadryl, the only thing you can do is crash on your couch. So to me, he could not even walk outside. So how would he get in the canal? So I said, chief, you've got to look into this, please. The two most important things. And I, there are lots of other things that I could have discussed with the chief, but you know, I said, Whatever the detective did, I'm not even going to go there. I just want them to go to look into what's going on and give me answers. And the chief said he would. 
a month later, he calls me and he said, the case is, is closed. It's no longer active. We're done. I said, chief, really? Did you subpoena the records? His internal attorney told him that he did not have probable cause to subpoena the records. I said, chief, a dead body in his backyard is not enough probable cause. You know what he said to me? Are you going to nitpick everything we do? That's what the chief said to me. I said, chief, you're done, but I'm not done because something is off. And this is when I went on social media and I started and I went on TV and I started on, I just could not accept what was going on. It made no sense on top of the police departments. It just, it blows my mind. I thought I was um, working with a, third world country police department it just blew my mind and we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors thanks to our sponsors and now we're back to the program want to revisit the phone call again just so i have it straight in my head the phone call came in to your brother's phone yes and it was answered and it was answered by his wife your brother's wife yes oh, okay yes but she never alerted the police about it. She never told them. They're actively looking. She reported 911 emergency that he's missing. And a call came into his phone while the police were there. And she never reported it to the police. And when did she call you? 3 a.m. And the phone call that she answered? Was at 2.54 a.m. Six minutes before she called you. Correct. Correct. And she didn't mention that she just got no. a series no. of phone calls and the last one she just answered and she didn't hear anything. None of that. No. She only showed it to me and she literally held the phone and showed it on his phone and said, this could be a kidnapping because look, he had all these private calls. When did the private call start? I think it was, I, I will have to go back to it. I think March 4th, I want to say. I'm, 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 I might be incorrect, but somewhere around there. So there probably were like, two on March 4th and then there was early and then we like two or three that earlier in that day and then that one at 2.54 a.m. If this was a kidnapping what would be the ransom what's the purpose of it was was he financially well off? There was a ransom request there was a ransom request which made no sense on the Friday before his body was was found um, his son, Michael, got a message from a number um, that said that they had him and he was very sick and they were demanding $7,000 for his return. And one of the other daughter, the younger daughter, also got the same message. As soon as I drove up to the house and I saw all the police and they told me, I said, let's pay it. Let's pay the ransom right away. I'm ready to pay and the police said, no, let's investigate a little further um, to see, you know, it could be a scam. It could be, let's in- investigate. And they did later on uh, about 9.30 that evening, they brought them into the police station and they did their own um, discussion because I don't really call it an interview. They did a discussion and we have the video of that discussion. It's very alarming. And who's the discussion with again? The two daughters my nephew, Michael, and the investigator. And what is alarming about it? The behavior of the two daughters on the video. Can you talk about the defibrillator and was there a rapid heartbeat that it it reported? 
there was a rapid heartbeat um, from the report at, I, I want to say maybe 2.30 in the morning, that quickly corrected itself. It says non-sustained. So it quickly corrected itself and did not need the defibrillator to correct it. So he was still alive at that time. And that was at 1.40, you said? That was at 2.13, yes. So it was almost like um, his heart maybe sped up or maybe skipped a beat or something? Correct. But there are not as high an episode, but there are previous episodes of the same rapid heartbeat that quickly corrected itself in February and other from the history, it showed that it occurred before. I mean, that sounds pretty normal for somebody who Correct. had a heart condition that they're, I mean, everyone has like a, a moment where their heart speeds up and then slows down. Slows down so, and the yeah. defibrillator never showed any kind of therapy from the defibrillator. Any, any kind of therapy like it didn't it didn't correct Shock the... nothing yes it, right. it was okay. not it was not necessary so at this point it, the police are already at calvin's house and based on the information calvin is still alive but not there obviously correct. he's not in the canal correct. at this point so we don't know where he is at this point correct did the the information show when his heart stopped beating no, because that's not what the defibrillator does. It would have helped us if he had a pacemaker. So it would show the pacing of his heart and when the heart stopped. But the defibrillator doesn't do that. The defibrillator's purpose is to um, shock his heart if it needs to. Okay. Or to correct, so, correct the rhythm if it needed to. So there was some kind of arrhythmic um, beat at that point, around two thirty, the Correct. defibrillator it uh, it didn't um, activate, but it no. marked no. it, and then Correct. there was nothing else after that. Nothing else after that. So it didn't speed up. His heart didn't speed up again. Nothing b- before he passed away, or, or something like that. We saw nothing after the um, the beats per minute was very high, and it remains that we will need to have a, an expert to tell us what does that mean at that high beat per minute? Because at that episode, it, this, the beats per minute was very high. Of course, I don't think life could continue at that beat, but at the same time, the defibrillator would have shocked his heart. And it did not. It, it corrected itself. I don't think you can sustain life at that much, that high beat, but the defibrillator would have corrected it if it did not correct itself. Is there anything about neighbors, home security cameras, ring cameras? What was that like? Like, was he spotted anywhere? The detectives uh, in the report said there was no ring cameras. There was nothing, no, no video, no neighbor or anything. Well, when I hired my accident consultant, he went through the neighbor and he counted 26. And the detective said there was nothing. So this is how my accident consultant was able to go back to the police department and show them a number of things, including our pathologist, our forensic pathologist, that showed there was no water in his lungs. There are all these other things that were never looked at. There is a question about the levels of Benadryl, and that's how we were able to get the case reopened back in October. October of last year, and it's still currently an active criminal investigation now. Now, when you said that the detectives told you that there was no 
security cameras. Did they say there was no footage from security cameras showing your brother or she, there was no cameras? She never, I, she never told me. It's in the report. She, it's in the report that there were no cameras, no neighbor's cameras. I, I'm not sure. I would have to go back to read it if it said that nothing captured anything, but she never spoke to any neighbor, none, with a camera. Was there a sighting of him around 3 a.m.? There was someone who reported that there was some sighting, but we don't think it's it's relating to him. And the police went to the site and found nothing. And that was just like an eyewitness report? That wasn't from camera footage? No, no, no. That was someone called into the station. I see. And there was nothing. A neighbor? I don't remember if it's a neighbor or if it's someone driving by. I seem to remember someone saying that they were going somewhere or dropping someone off or something and they spotted him. But And they called and said they just saw him or they saw him and then the police raced over there and there was nothing. It's odd. It's very strange. It's very odd. Yeah. So... Where do you go from here? Well, I am very vocal about it because who wouldn't be? And his wife sued me. So we have a civil lawsuit, which we expect to have a trial in August of next year. It's scheduled for August of next year. So somehow I will get answers either by the criminal investigation or the civil lawsuit. We will get answers. I just want to, I think this is probably my last question, but I wanted to ask about any motive that would be gained or... Financial is one and also a scorned woman. What's the finance situation? Well, he was 30 years at the post office. Think about the pension and the other stuff. And all of that goes to his significant other? Wife. She's not criminally charged, so she's the next of king. And I mean, I'm very vocal about it and I will not rest. I will, I, I cannot. I hope I, it's something that I must do for my brother to vindicate him and to also vindicate me because from the beginning, from day one, all I'm asking these police, uh, this police department is to look into these things. Something is not right. Who would take the entire belongings of their house after a loved one just passed away and just dumped them all on the street. Dining table with chairs, piano, two computers. All these things are on the street. Who does that? And why? There's Salvation Army. They're good furniture, good stuff. There is donation. But to dump them on the street? Who does that? Yeah, I was just looking at the pictures of that in the uh, the PDF that... Mm-hmm. That you sent us. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not really exaggerating. They are. It does look like someone just pushed them off the back of a, tr- of a truck. Right. And the neighbor ended up calling code enforcement to clean it up because it was just sitting there as an eyesore. People came and took what they wanted and what was left. The neighbor had to call code enforcement to get it cleaned up. Who does that and why? And there are several other things. I am very limited in all the things that I can say because of the pending investigation and the the lawsuit, but there are several. This is just the tip of the iceberg. There are several. That makes no sense. Wow. Well, Dornette, we'd love to have you back for an update at some point. Um, sure. 
But is there anything else you'd like to say here today? Well, I am working on um, knowing what the laws are in the state of Florida that I did not know before. I guess you find these things out when you're directly involved in these situations. And I remember communicating with one of the sergeant at the police station. And I said to him, something is off. Something is not right. And he said to me, remember OJ Simpson? They knew that he did it, but they could not find the evidence to prove that he did it. But you can file a lawsuit. You can go, you can file a, a, a wrongful death lawsuit. So if we don't find anything, you can find a, file a wrongful death lawsuit. I cannot file a wrongful death lawsuit in the state of Florida. I cannot. And my brother's son, my nephew, Michael, also cannot because the laws in the state of Florida said um, the only person that could file a wrongful death lawsuit is the representative of the estate. She's the representative of the estate. I cannot file a wrongful death lawsuit. So imagine the gift she gave me when she sued me for defamation. So that's her lawsuit? Yes. Against you is for defamation? Correct. Correct. But that was the gift. Why is it a gift? Because there's more information coming or? It allows me and my attorney to do discovery. So now we can do what the police department did not do. Right. Because if her lawsuit is claiming that you defamed her, with these accusations, then you have to look into all of the accusations. She's opening up all the books Everything. in order to prove her own. The burden of proof is on her. We, and my hands were tied. I had like, hmm, what can I do? And so I was um, alluding to the, uh, the fact that I ended up starting to get a bill drafted in the Florida legislature to allow for a second investigation in an uncharged, unnatural death by an independent agency. So I'm working on that now. That's that's really cool. So getting a bill passed that a family member can... Can request a second independent investigation by a different agency. Great. Which would be a state agency or a neighboring agency. Yeah, that's great. That's great. That could help out. That could help out several thousands of others. People. Just imagine, and I can tell you, this is not an easy road to be going down. It's costly. It's emotionally draining. It's physically draining, but somebody has to do it. And just think of the many people before me that got no justice because of a police department who decide that. Oh, your life was not worth it. Your life was not worth it for us to do any investigation. So we just shove that and move on to the next. So I'm diligently working on all these other things. And um, of course, defending myself in a defamation lawsuit. And hopefully we'll get... It's been over a year now that this is, uh, a criminal investigation was reopened. And And no update? Nothing. Well, they don't really tell much. They don't really tell you much. And I mean, I've even gone to the FBI. And they don't really update you. I guess we have to wait until they're finished to, to get a sense of where, what they found. Eagerly waiting because all that I have and I have seen, I don't know what this police department could tell me 
other than you know a, 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 a charge I mean I don't see what else they could do well definitely keep us updated yeah incredible story yeah really well done in uh, compiling all, all this info and um, you know even attending CrimeCon this flyer that you were passing out yes, is, is yes. very informative double sided yes. and you know, <laughs> that's that's really the way to do it if, you, if you're trying right. to get some coverage uh, from podcasters so really well done and thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to seeing you at CrimeCon next year. <laughs> oh, yes. excellent. You'll be there in Nashville? <laughs> Nashville, yes. Yes. Oh, good. Great. Great. Well, hopefully you have some developments by then. And I must. I must. Good luck with everything. Yes. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And um, thanks for listening. Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for.